The Daily Tap is live for Monday. We are talking about the Packers' disappointing loss to the Detroit Lions. We will go over it all. We'll talk about why the Packers reverted to their form, hand out some golden kegs. We'll talk about questions after this one, and then what do Wisconsin sports fans have to look forward to now that the Packers season is over? Uh, we and that'll be today's show. Uh, so looking forward to it. Uh, happy to kind of be back in the flow, uh, talking to you guys after a game. Uh, missed it last week as I was down with sickness, and unfortunately, um, in the bad timing Hall of Fame, I'm going to be out all this coming week. Uh, I'm on vacation, uh, so I don't think you'll hear from me. I have given Mitch, Mitch permission if he wants to do any podcasts that he will. I don't think he will, uh, but if he decides to. Um, it's more than merrier. Um, so that goes for all the guys who have the ability to hop on here. Um, we're more than welcome to have stuff while I am on vacay. Um, also, uh, I'll return next Monday. So we'll have a pod next Monday. We'll go over what is what I all missed, uh, the Bucks road trip. We'll talk about Marquette, uh, maybe a little bit of Wisconsin hoops. Who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll get into it uh, with what I missed uh, during my week vacation. So hope you guys are cool with that. Um, if this was a full-time job, I would have had multiple podcasts ready and waiting for you uh, all week, but it is not a full-time job. And with the Packers not knowing their playoff status, that made it a lot harder. Uh, Mitch and I have talked about that. We're like, if the Packers were eliminated, we would have done a Saturday pod and had something up for you guys in a couple days. So just kind of the chew on. So it wasn't exactly, you know, this shall we say, one and done uh, for the week. I, I might try to fit one in for Tuesday and have a Tuesday pod for you, but I am not going to hold myself to that. So I'm trying to uh, try to basically temper expectations, if you will. Uh, anyways, make sure that you're following along on social, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram, as well as TikTok. Also, make sure that you are rating and reviewing. We'd really appreciate that. A good way to start the new year. Let's waste no more time and talk about the Green Bay Packers and the disappointing loss against the Detroit Lions. The Green Bay Packers had one goal tonight. It was just win. It didn't matter how they won the game. The Packers just had to win this football game. And the Packers did not do that. The Packers could not find a way to beat the Detroit Lions who had nothing to play for and they fell apart. And it was it was shades of what we saw a lot this season. And it frankly was still was stunning. Like I, I am in sort of disbelief. I think that I'm taking this a little harder than I expected. I think that I, I really thought that they had turned the corner. I really thought that everything was coming together. I didn't think that this was 2010 all over again. If you listen to my podcast with Mitch a couple weeks ago, I had said like, hey, look, you got to beat San Francisco first before we can even float the 2010 thoughts, right? And I, but I still like felt really encouraged by it. And just the teams that were in the NFC and the unpredictable quarterback nature, I was like, all right, just get in and maybe we have a shot. Maybe there is a chance here. But at the end of the day, the Packers weren't a playoff team. And they showed that on full display through the entire game at Lambeau Field. Green Bay had multiple opportunities to basically demoralize the Lions early and for the Lions to sort of give up. Maybe they wouldn't have taken out Jared Goff. Maybe they wouldn't have taken out Jamal Williams or Aiden Hutchinson. Those guys would have kept playing, but the Lions would have known that they kind of had a hill to climb. 
the Packers let them hang around and let the Lions believe that they could play spoiler, which is exactly what they did. And now they have this to build on next season, that they have swept the Green Bay Packers, which is something that hasn't happened in a very long time. And the Lions all of a sudden look like they might be in a better position than the Green Bay Packers, which is unbelievable to say, but it honestly could be true. And you sit back here and you just kind of wonder where it all went wrong, where it all unraveled. And it really was from Jump Street, right? Green Bay, you know, gets a long pass interference call on Christian Watson, which was clearly pass interference. They're at the goal line, two straight runs up the middle to A.J. Dillon. And then their third the pass play, Rodgers decided he wasn't going to run. He misses Dillon way, way right. And the Packers have to settle for a field goal. And there you have it. And that seemingly set the tone for the rest of the game. Green Bay also went for it early on fourth down. It cost them, you know, three points on the other way to Detroit as they were able to take advantage of a field goal. Green Bay missed a field goal from way too deep where they easily could have went for it on fourth and seven. But they decided to try a long kick with their age-old kicker who definitely needs they need an upgrade next season but that's another podcast for another time green bay had all the opportunities to knock down this door make the playoffs and we're talking about them facing off against their nemesis the san francisco 49ers but instead we have to wallow in disappointment and wallow in sadness because the packers decided that they wanted to be their old selves that the team we saw for four straight weeks the team that had sort of risen from the dead was just a mirage that it really wasn't real that the true version was the team that we saw in those other weeks and the team that we saw tonight on the football field this is as embarrassing of a loss as I can think of um I I guess the reason that it's so embarrassing to me is a the Lions Packers rivalry it has been a little brother big brother rivalry it, it just is right and now you can't really say that that's dead uh, little brother has grown muscles and little brother is just as big as big brother okay so that's over um so that's dead and buried uh that's the one part the the other part of it is you spo- you're supposed to win games at lambeau field you're at home it's in the cold jared goff's a bad cold weather quarterback and none of that shit fucking matter it shouldn't be this way it shouldn't have happened this way and there are so many moments in this game that you can pull out and you can play the blame game and it feels like it has been that way the entire year besides that four-week stretch which felt magical which felt like 2016 maybe a little bit of 2010 but that's to me hollowed ground and again we we use that very very lightly green bay is an undisciplined football team they they do not decide that they want to play you know within the game they do, and, and like it's not even about being a Packer. It's not about like holding yourself to a standard. But Green Bay, you know, the penalties and, and all the dumb shit that went on in this game, we hadn't seen for four straight weeks, right? The play that Rasul Douglas had at the end of the first half where he hits a guy in the face mask, could have got ejected, uh, gave 15 yards to Michael Badgley, and it was a 48-yard kick turned into a 33. If Badgley miss, misses that kick... The Lions still win the football game, you know, by a score of 17 to 16. But still, you never know. Makes it a little bit easier on Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Green Bay gets a chance to kick a field goal and win 19 to 17. 
Maybe that happens. You had Quay Walker push a training staffer, and of all weeks, to be talking, touching a, tra- a staffer who's you know making sure someone's okay from an injury perspective is absolutely fucking ridiculous. And Quay Walker, you know, could get suspended for the first game of the season. I would not be surprised. I really want it. It's a second ejection involving you know touching personnel of another team. I would not be surprised if Quay Walker misses the first game of the next next season. And it's probably justified, honestly. That type of stuff, you can say what you want about Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy has some discipline problems on the Cowboys. That, I can never recall a Mike McCarthy team that was that undisciplined. I can never recall a Mike Holmgren team that that was undisciplined. I've never seen a Packer team like that. And that starts with Matt LaFleur. And Matt LaFleur also, you know, it... He leads these guys, and seemingly in these big moments, Green Bay is collectively tight. And why is that? Is that because of the way that they practice? Is that they they change things? Is it that Matt Lafleur tries to act like it's not a big deal, but it really is? Matt Lafleur has to do better in these big moments because if you can't come up when the moment matters the most, then you're not a good coach, right? Mike Vrabel had Josh Dobbs at fucking quarterback, and he nearly won the game in Jacksonville. Mike Vrabel knows how to win a big game. Bill Belichick fought until he couldn't with a bad Patriots team in Buffalo with all the things Buffalo had going on. Ultimately, Buffalo was the better team, but, but, but New England fought like hell, right? You ha- Who else am I thinking of? I mean, Jacksonville, on the other side, Doug Peterson, you know, same situation. They were 4-8. They got the job done. They were at home. They found a way at the end to force a turnover, which Green Bay did not do in this game. It, they, and they had predicated so much success off of turnovers, off of Keyshawn Nixon. None of that happened tonight. And when the chips were down and they needed something to step up, no one did. And so immediately you point to the quarterback, and, and everybody does. And everybody's out now looking for their skins on Aaron Rodgers. And it's convenient, right? After four four weeks of, you know, being all happy about it and then being like, well, I was wrong. Like, I, they shouldn't have went to Jordan Love. Everybody's back to being like, oh, they should have just went with Jordan Love. Like, fuck that. That is such loser behavior. It really is. It's really like so like retrospective, like fuck off. Like en- at least enjoy the ride. I understand if you're a little upset at Aaron Rodgers and the last part of the game from Aaron Rodgers was absolutely terrible it was not anything you wanted from an MVP quarterback and he should have delivered in those moments and he didn't and in seemingly there have been moments in the last game of the year where Aaron Rodgers has failed to step up where you really need a pass from Aaron Rodgers and he hasn't delivered because I think the demons have kind of sunk in right now with Aaron and those demons came back and they started to sit on his shoulder late in this game I think he, I thought Aaron was really good for the first three quarters of this game. The fourth quarter was not, not exactly what we wanted. But also, he had, there were multiple things that were not Aaron Rodgers' fault. There were multiple drops in this game that easily could have been had and could have made a difference from the Packers winning or losing. Romeo Dobbs had a bad one late, too, if you don't remember. It, it, that was a perfect pass from Aaron Rodgers. Broadcast said it. It was a perfect pass, and Romeo Dobbs just dropped it. There was, and there was no defender on it put it exactly where it needed to be, and Romeo Dobbs dropped it. And I uh, I, I just, I, I wish he would have came up in that moment. 
I really do. Like I, I think there's been just so much vitriol and a fan base who has taken him for granted at this point. Uh, fan base who I think, because of all the things that happened with the COVID vaccine and however you feel about the vaccine, I think people have used that against him and have soured their interest on him because of fucking how people feel about a stupid fucking shot, honestly. And really, it should be anyone's opinion. And we're not here to debate that. But I really believe that so much hate for Rodgers has been because of that. And I think people will feel foolish of it 10 years later. I just wanted Aaron to deliver there. I really did. And it sucks that he went all out for Watson when he had Lazar. And he, they could have easily saw that blitz. Everyone saw it. I saw the blitz. I mean, I was watching from my couch. It, they could have took a time out there and said, all right, let's, let's figure this out if he's going to blitz. Do we have the right call? You know, or an audible, right? Or a, like, I, again, what about a screenplay? And I, I understand, like, I'm not in the huddle. But if he audibles to a screenplay or a dump off to Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon with all these guys running 100 miles an hour, they're gone. Like, right? That maybe not a full touchdown, but there we're at least talking about field goal or field goal didn't matter, but we're we're on the other side of the 50, you know, looking to get a touchdown to win this football game. It sucks, man. It it, it really is painful. Uh be, and I, I called it a, a deflating loss, and you know, Dan uh hit me up on Twitter and was like, no, you know, the their conference championships, everything else was way worse and you can rank the losses every every year, but I think it's it's the fact that we're now a brand of a choke artist football team, right? And I think that's a Matt LaFleur thing. It's not just an Aaron Rodgers thing. If you want to put it on Aaron Rodgers, go ahead. I I, I don't see any disagreement there. Um, you know, again, Rodgers has had opportunities to shake that narrative and he didn't, whether it be last year against San Francisco, two years against Tampa Bay, or this year against Detroit. He could have easily shaken some of that. But I also think it starts with the coach. And the coach has sort of built a culture of choking. And that concerns me greatly, right? Because at some point you need to figure out how to, how to break through there as a coach. And I, I just worry if that's who you are. It's hard to sometimes coaches to break out of that mentality, right? And that scares me a little bit. And that's the thing that I'm just going to probably think about a lot this, this offseason. And whether it's Rodgers or Love at quarterback, that Matt LaFleur, while he pulled this team out of the fire and they were 4-8 and eight and really struggling, when it mattered the most, Matt LaFleur got small again. And that's another year of that. And when is that going to get better? You're not a young coach anymore, right? Is that just who you are? Is that just your personality? <sighs> Man, I... In a weird way, it's therapeutic to talk talk through it, and and it it really is you know the classic Packer therapy session as we do on a lot of these post end of the year losses. But at the same time, you just wonder what if, and that and it's been the story all year, right? Like if Keshawn Nixon's playing a couple weeks earlier, they probably beat Washington, and the Packers are in the playoffs, and we're not even fucking worried about this game. This game was at noon today. Didn't matter, right? Might have mattered for seeding against the Giants. But it didn't, right? Um, and the Packers are here. 
sucks, man. It's a, it's a really it's a really shitty feeling, and to be able to kind of be mystified by a Lions team that gave up a lot of points this year that seems to have your number a little bit is concerning because it's in your division. You got to figure that out. And I think there's a lot of work to be done and a lot of, you know, things to wonder about starting at the quarterback position. But you also have to get more disciplined. You have to carry a heavier stick if that's what that means, right? If you're if these guys aren't going to be disciplined and they're going to act like assholes, then there's no spot on there's no spot for them starting. I'm not saying cut them. I'm not saying, you know, first round pick, you're not going to cut Quay Walker. But I think you just have to rethink a lot of things. And you have to also understand how you can get better in those big moments. Whether that's working with a sports psychologist, whether that's, you know, rethinking how how your strategy is going into those games. Maybe it'll be different with a different quarterback. And maybe that's it, right? Maybe Rodgers makes LaFleur tight and LaFleur needs to have another guy. But if we literally have the same thing next year with Jordan Love, then it's all back to LaFleur. And then it's like, is LaFleur the problem? And where do we go from there? I don't know. I really don't. I got to tell you, I I didn't expect to do this podcast. Like, I, I did not expect that this was going to be the, the topic, that we were going to basically do 18 minutes of therapy and talk through just what, what all transpired here. I, I thought Packers make the playoffs. I thought we'd talk about, you know, if I'd be able to watch Packers, I'd have all the ability to. And that's what our discussion would be around. Did they have a shot against the 49ers? And I would have probably built a case because I felt like Brock Purdy at some point is going to turn into a pumpkin. I don't know who against who. I think Seattle is about as good of a fucking matchup as you could get if you're San Francisco. And you're in a really good position. And then you either have the Giants or Minnesota likely. Um, they could play... Yeah, probably Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota or the Giants. It's not. I don't think there's any way they play Dallas, right? I think your Dallas Philly is your next matchup. I'd have to. I'd have to do that. Do that math there. And let's think. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any way that it would end up being Dallas. Um, so yeah, we're gonna see San Francisco against uh, against either the Giants or Minnesota in the second round. So probably Brock Purdy to the NFC Championship game. But who the fuck knows this season? This season has been a unpredictable one, to say the least. I think if you were to tell me after game one of this season, even after they lost, and I was at another location, I lived downtown at that point, and you were to tell me, hey, you're not going to the playoffs this year. You're not even making it. I would have told you to fuck off. I would have said, no way. Not a chance. I mean, there was a guy, my guy Getty wanted to bet me that the Packers want to win 10 games. He welched out on it. He backed out. He's like, I don't want to bet against my team, which I get. I totally understand that. And But he would want money for me um, because they didn't get 10 wins. They didn't even get close. They even sniffed that. 8-9 football, man. Can't have that. So we move on, and we watch playoffs, and we hope the Minnesota Vikings don't win. I think we hope the 49ers don't win and a few others. And this season's one that is it will be remembered for a long time. And maybe it's the turning point. Maybe it's the change when Aaron Rodgers rode off in the sunset and Jordan Love took over. Or maybe it's the one that woke Aaron Rodgers up for one last dance, one last chance at glory. 
We'll have to see. We have a long way to go. We'll figure that answer will be solved for us sometime this offseason. We'll have to see. It was not the best year, but I'm glad we had those four weeks. Those four weeks were fucking fun. And I'm glad I'm glad at least there was some fun this season. It sucks that it ended the way it did. But I'm glad we had a couple weeks of, of joy. Um, because that's all you ask for us as sports fans, right? And we had we had some good times. And now we move on. And it's another another lost year for the Green Bay Packers and another year without a championship. Before we move on to the kind of questions that we have after this one, let's do some golden kegs if you're unfamiliar. We haven't done golden kegs in a couple weeks. Uh, golden kegs basically is a way to recap it by player performance, five kegs for the best, one keg for the worst. Pretty easy um, when it's all said and done, but let's get into it. Five kegs, I have to go with Christian Watson. Uh, Christian Watson, man, what a fucking second half of the year. He was tremendous in this football game. Uh, really played well. I had five catches, 104 yards. I uh, had the long 45-yard bomb where guys were draped all over him, and Watson still found a way to make the catch. Uh, just incredible stuff. What a great year. He will not probably be rookie of the year. I have to believe it's Brock Purdy, as crazy as that sounds. But he had 507 yards, 36 catches, uh, and 17 yards with an average of 14.1. You also have to remember Christian Watson only played in, let's see here, one, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine total games this season. Uh, pretty damn good. Uh, for the young pop. Uh, the future is very bright for Christian Watson. I think he will sort of have a star quality about him as the years kind of go on. I think there will be a lot of media attention around him next season. Uh, he will definitely be a player to kind of keep your eye on. Uh, I think that, you know, he's, a, he's already a fan favorite and he's going to continue to grow into one. And whether it's with Rodgers, whether it's with Love, um, I just think that Watson's going, you know, the star is going to keep keep shining, keep rising. Uh, and I think he'll, you know, we'll see which guy which guy ends up being, but I think it doesn't matter for Christian Watson. I think Christian Watson's, you know, going to establish himself as one of the best young wide receivers. He's already there, but I think it's only going to continue into next season. And very excited to keep watching him. I think it's just hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully that this year was just sort of a blip on the radar in terms of player health. And that's not sort of going to be a theme for him. And, you know, if it, if it does happen again next season, you know, it's not, that doesn't define your story. It's after like three or four where you're like, okay, this guy is officially injury prone. Four kegs goes to Jair Alexander. I thought Jair did a really good job on Amon Ross St. Brown. He's been one of the better wide receivers this season. St. Brown, another young wide receiver that's extremely talented. I think Jair did a great job on him. And I, I can't be more upset at Joe Barry for not letting Jair play his way earlier this season. Um, I think we had a conversation about Jair's season that's kind of been on and off. I think if you were to give Jair a grade for the entire year, I think it would be a three keg kind of year. Like I, I just really don't think that this has been that great of a season for Jair Alexander, but the back half of it has been really special when they let Jair sort of operate on his own. And I think whether Barry comes back next year or it's another defensive coordinator, I hope that he gives Alexander the ability to sort of control how he wants to play. Because if that's the case, 
it's going to be very, very good. And whatever Jair was worried about when it came to injury or anything else, like I felt like he played scared for a long time this season. He did not play scared the, the latter part of the year. And that was what made Jair right. And I have to give him a lot of credit for, you know, kind of not only backing up the trash talk, but just being a defensive leader. I felt like you didn't necessarily have that early on this season, but at the end of it, for sure. And I think going forward, it's definitely something to be encouraged by. It's definitely something to, you know, hold your hat on and look at and say, all right, yeah, Jair actually, you know, is a not only a key player, but a key voice. And I think that that wasn't exactly defined earlier this season. I think it was a guy who, yeah, occasionally would have some quotable things or do some things here, but the guy really got after it in the second half of the season. And so whatever, whatever the fuck was going on in the first half, hopefully that, that will never be seen again. And hopefully this version of Jair is what you will see starting next season. Three kegs, we got a couple of them. I will start Mason Crosby. If this is Crosby's last game, I mean, he went out, made a couple field goals. The, the 153 was far too aggressive. I have no idea why Matt LaFleur kicked that field goal. I will have some thoughts on LaFleur here in a little bit. But I, if this is Crosby's last, man, went out with a, a couple kicks, and I think it should be. I, I have no reason the Packers bring back Mason Crosby. You need to get a guy with a good leg. And you need to have a, a kind of a game-changing kicker, whether that's Jake Moody in the draft from Michigan or, you know, free agent kicker, um, whether it's Ahmed or Matt Amendola, whoever it may be, like the Packers need a kicker and they do not need to have Mason Crosby back for next year. So I hate to throw dirt on him after giving him credit for kicking a couple big hits today, but yeah, it's, it's time. And I think we, I think we all know that one. I think that one is is pretty pretty well defined versus some of the others. Another three keg to Darnell Savage. I I gotta give Darnell Savage a lot of credit for sort of basically resurrecting his season. Uh, it was really a disappointing year for Darnell. He moved to the slot corner and he's done pretty solid at that. And he did get beat a couple times early. Uh, he had actually a touchdown. It was wiped away uh, after a I think a holding penalty. Uh, but still, like he also made some really key plays. He also had seven tackles. He nearly came up. He should have came up with an interception that ended up being a catch for St. Brown, which kind of when you knew the night, it wasn't your night when didn't hit the ground. He used his feet and he made the catch and you're like, all right, well, this is fucked. But yeah, uh, I, I really, really think Savage has a, a bright future, at least at nickel corner for next year. Um, I don't think they should go back to safety. I think just it's dead and buried. Although, if, you know, a new coach is like, all right, yeah, I think we can fix whatever the problems were at safety. Let's let's go. Like, at one point, Darnell Savage was a good safety. So how to fix that, I, I'm all ears for. Um, Packers need safety help next season. Um, when we're talking about needs for the next year, safety is very, very high on that list. I'll give a three keg to Aaron Rodgers uh, before we move on to two kegs. I know a lot of you probably are like, oh, it's two keg, it's one keg performance. Rodgers was pretty solid in this game. Uh, he had a few drops. Uh, he found, you know, open receivers time and again, um, and they just they couldn't finish, and it sucks, right? Um, I don't put that all on the quarterback. Um, I, you know, the, the Aaron Jones fumble, which we're gonna, we might as well just go to two kegs with Aaron Jones, but – uh, I, let's let's just stay in Rodgers. It, the, <coughs> the last play, the last couple plays were abysmal, and it was a really tough way 
to sort of end the year. But I, I, I do think that Aaron Rodgers, you know, had a solid game here. And I do not put this one on him. I, I don't. I, I, I can't can't blame Aaron Rodgers for this loss. I, I blame what happened around him. I blame the undisciplined nature. I blame the tightness um, way before I'm blaming 12. And again, what I said earlier about just not necessarily, you know, getting the credit he deserves. I think this, you know, it's another example. He, he played well in this game, you know, and but yes, he did not deliver when it mattered most. And that's what you need him to do. And so I can recognize that part too. So I can I can acknowledge that, but I also am not going to put a put a large part of the blame pizza on him for this loss because I think there's a lot of other other people, other factors that that should be considered. Moving on to two kegs, I mentioned Aaron Jones, but man, Aaron Jones fumble, another big moment, another fumble, pretty much in the same area he fumbled in San, against San Francisco. Uh, can't have that. You think about that moment, and if Aaron Jones doesn't fumble that football, worst case, Green Bay's going to feel well, and it's 12 to 3, heading into halftime, probably. Uh, if Aaron Jones, or if Green Bay scores a touchdown there, it's 16 to 3. Into the, into the first half, pretty much looks like Green Bay has sealed their fate to the playoffs. That changed everything. And yet again, Aaron Jones is on the losing end of a fumble in, those, in that moment. And Aaron Jones has a contract where Green Bay could get out next season. And I said, I think on a podcast either last week or a few weeks ago, where like it's going to suck when he's a member of the Los Angeles Rams. Maybe not true now that Cam Akers is playing well. But at the same time, I don't know if Aaron Jones is worth keeping. There's a lot of talented guys in the draft, whether it's Jamar Gibbs, uh, whether it's uh, Spear, the kid from Tulane Spears. He's good. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know if Jones, Jones was most important packer this season. But if you're fumbling like that, you have to, you got to ask yourself some questions. Why does this keep happening in big games? Again, similar to LaFleur questions, right? Uh, you can't have that continue. And so I'm not advocating for Jones to leave, but I'm also trying to be like, what the fuck's going on here with the fumbles? And let's figure that out. And let's, if it's something where it just happens in these big games, well, you got to be better. Two hands on the ball all times, figure it out, make sure it doesn't happen again uh, because it's it's infuriated and it sucks. Another two kegs just to goal line offense and defense. Just talking more about set the tone. I mean, again, think about if they would have went in, touched on first drive, seven nothing. Again, the attitude of the lines would have changed. And I think that's the, that's the part that I keep coming back to is if the Lions would not have felt like they had a chance in this game, I think, I think they kind of gave up. Give up. Like I, I just think they just say, "All right, we're we're, we're done. We're we're packed away. It's over." Um, but yeah, the goal line offense stunk. Goal line defense also terrible. Um, I know the Lions have been awesome at the goal line. Um, they ate their ate the Packers lunch. Uh, their offensive line is so good, and I think the Packers could learn from that. I really do. I Frank Greg now all pro center, really good. I don't think Josh Myers is there yet. Um, I, I think you could. I could have a conversation about Josh Myers. I could have a conversation about John Runyon. Um, Packers, I think, need to keep improving. I think Zach Tom's talented, but I also don't know if Zach Tom's big enough to hang, right? Um, but we'll have to see there. Uh, Josh Nyman, another guy who could easily get a one keg. I didn't even mention him, but he, I'll give Josh Nyman a quick one keg here. No, really bad. 
really bad effort. He really struggled down the stretch on the right tackle side. I don't know if that's just he ran out of gas or people started to figure out that he really wasn't a good right tackle and he's only a left tackle. And if he's only a left tackle, I don't know if there's really a spot for him. Uh, I mentioned Quay Walker, but one keg goes to Quay. Quay actually had a really good game, but what he did, you know, wipes that all out. And I know Quay was crying, headed to the locker room, like basically how could you be so stupid, which I, I've, I understand that. And I, I I understand everyone's human, but Quay just has to has to play a little bit cooler, right? His head is just way too hot. And now Quay's a hothead. I think there will probably be some unfair things said to him by, you know, Packer fans because heaven forbid, you know, you, you get angry in a game. And I'm not excusing it, but I I just think Quay just needs to find a way to rein it in. And that's, again, whether it's a sports psychologist, whether it's, you know, a holding back guy, Quay cost the team entirely. Um, I, I mean, that, that was 15 yards added. Lions get a touchdown there. Uh, Chris Barnes was out there, uh, was where DJ Shark caught the, caught the ball. That should have been Quay Walker, and it wasn't. So there you have it. And Quay Walker should have definitely, uh, definitely been smarter. And I hope that this is just a blip on a, a, the radar of a very long career. Romeo Dobbs also deserves a one kick mention. Romeo really struggled down the stretch, man. Um, I, I don't know what that was. Um, he did not look ready for this one. Um, there were a lot of people that were tight, but no one was tighter besides Matt Fleur than Romeo Dobbs. So hopefully he works that all out and figures that out as the, as the year goes on. Uh, Matt Fleur was the last one keg. Um, geez, I, I, I want to talk about big game stuff and questions. Um, well, we kind of already mentioned it, but just a lot of bonehead decisions for Matt Fleur tonight. Field goal early, I thought, you know, is another one where if Green Bay goes for that, you put the Lions back in their end zone, make them get out of their end zone early. I understand the psychological thing about he hadn't really scored against the Lions in the goal, in the red zone and all this other shit. But man, oh man, I don't know what voodoo magic the Lions had against us because it, it seems to work. And Dan Campbell seems to outsmart Matt LaFleur. He's done it now two straight games. Uh, it just can't happen. So... Those are golden kegs for the year, and uh, we'll be back next year with uh, another edition of them. Uh, let's finish up questions, and then what to look forward to as a Wisconsin sports fan. Got a, got a notification. I just checked my phone. The new NFC North. Fuck you. Lions. Lions are going to get their dick sucked for being 9-8. and eight. Congratulations. Anyways, uh, so questions about everything after this game. Is Rodgers done? I think is a big question a lot of people have. You know... Uh, it didn't sound like a guy who really wanted to play football anymore uh, after the game. If you lost that press conference, Aaron seemed a little bit done. Uh, I love that Aaron took accountability about just taking Devontae Adams for granted and knowing that a lot of things that were there weren't there to start this season. It was like, kind of like no fucking shit is what everyone was kind of saying, why everyone was sort of odd that you didn't show up to any OTAs and didn't play in the preseason with all these young guys when you clearly should have. Um, and maybe that's the wake-up call that Rodgers needs. And maybe Rodgers says, look, I'm all in on this. And this is what you saw from Favre in 2007. And then Favre made one more push. I've sort of said for a while now, and I'm still going to stake my claim to this because this has been my take. So I'm like, you know what? You'll, I'll go down with the take. I think Rodgers will have one more year here. Um, I, I think that it's going to be you know, sort of this 
ride off into the sunset. I don't know if Randall Cobb's going to be there. I think David Bakhtiari will be. Um, and they're going to, and then Rogers is just going to do one more and that's going to be it. And he's going to get one chance with Watson and Dobbs. They're going to find a way to keep Jordan Love happy, whether that's paying him more, whether that's figuring out another way to, you know, incentivize Love, even though he's sitting on the bench. I think they still believe in him. But yes, I think there's going to be one more year. I would say that that take, if I had to say, like, if I had to, like, stock market that take, I'd say that, (coughs) I would say I'm down on that one, though. I really do. Not to disagree with myself, but I would just say, thinking about it now, it just seemed like Rodgers was done in Green Bay after this game. Like, that... That's what I would interpret, that it was it was the last ride and that Rodgers is like, well, there has to be mutual interest. Rodgers also seems okay walking away from $58 million guaranteed. Like, it doesn't seem to bother him. He just, and I, I mean, the guy's done, done really well with his money, it, it seems like. And if he has, like, yeah, it's a drop in the bucket. I think Rodgers just wanted to know that he was still loved and protected and maybe, maybe this contract's meaningless to him. Maybe it's like, when I'm done, I'm done. And I know Rodgers has said once he retires, he retires. He's not going to come back. He's not going to want to, you know, keep going. And maybe Rodgers just doesn't have it anymore. And he knows it. I don't know. I think that's for Aaron to decide. I would say that I'm more on the side of him just being done and retired than on the side of him coming back. I just don't know if he wants to go out like this. That's the last part of it. I don't know if he wants to go out like this, and I also don't know if Green Bay wants to trade him away and figure out his contract and figure out how to solve for it, unless the team wants to absorb it. Jets have a lot of cap space. Jets could just say, all right, fuck it. Bring Aaron to New York. We'll bring a circus with us, and we have a really good team here, and we just need a quarterback, and maybe that's what they do. And there's obviously familiarity with Salah and Michael Fleur, who might not be back. Interesting if Michael Fleur gets fired, by the way, the Jets. I just want to call that out. If he does get fired, I think he'll be a Packer coach. But I don't know if his tool of Fleur is better than one Fleur. I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe it would help Mike or Matt settle down. I'm not sure. But, yes, I, I, think, Aaron Rodgers, I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot of thinking to do. And I think he will. And I, I appreciate him saying I'm not going to hold the team hostage. I truly believe that. You know, we saw that with the contract and everything else. It was, it was quick. It was done during the start of the year. I think we'll know in, in April or in March, excuse me, if Aaron Rodgers is going to decide to keep playing football for the Green Bay Packers or if the Packers are going to start looking for trades for Aaron Rodgers before the draft. It's going to be a very interesting early part of the offseason with a lot of rumors. And I think you just got to keep your head down on those rumors. By the way, you got to know – you know, Schefter's a huge agent guy, all right? Um, Jay Glazer, I think, is a little more on the Packer side. Rapport, I think, is a little more on the Packer side. So maybe keep an eye on that. I don't know really if Rodgers has a guy. I mean, McAfee, obviously, James Jones. Um, if you're hearing from those guys, it's usually Packer, or it's usually Rodgers related, but we'll just have to see. So, yeah, uh, I don't know if he's done, but I, I, say, I would say that I feel more confident in that he's done than I ever had this season. I never really thought that this was going to be the last crop, but it very well could be. Malifleur, can he coach big games? I don't know. I, I, I We kind of talked about it a couple times already in the pod, but I, I will just leave you here that I think Malifleur needs needs his work on some brain reworking, needs to figure out how, 
how to kind of keep it loose during, during these games and how to just keep, act like it's another game. And whether that's talking with Belichick, whether that's talking with a bunch of other coaches and getting their insight on how do they handle these type of games, he certainly could use it. How Green Bay have done against San Francisco? I don't know. I I think I actually think they would have tried. To, they would have kept it reasonable at least for a half. I don't know if it would have been for a full game. San Francisco is really good. I do think at some point you're going to lose ten game winning streak. It seems that it seems like there's going to be that moment for Brock Purdy where it's all going to fall apart. And maybe it's Packers opportunists. They'd have to force turnovers. Have to be very similar that second half against Miami, where they just kept forcing turnovers and making sure that you know San Francisco wasn't wasn't in rhythm with their offense and and for the first time ever Brock Purdy was thrown off. But yeah, I I think I don't know how it would have ended up, but I I do think there would have been a, a part of Green Bay too that would have wanted a little bit of revenge as it's San Francisco has been own four has been the thorn in, in the Packer side. You know, Rodgers is own four against them in the playoffs. So I would have thought that Rodgers would have wanted that one pretty bad. But yes, it, uh, it, it it's unknown now, and now Seattle is in the playoffs, which I don't know if anyone really wants Seattle besides Seattle. Um, that's a game that I'll be happy to uh, miss on my vacation. I will not care one bit. It's on when I'm like watching whatever, great, but it doesn't really matter too much to me. All right, moving on to where do the Wisconsin sports fans go from here? Well, you hate the Brewers. Everyone hates the Brewers apparently, which is fucking dumb. Uh, but yeah, that's that's ways away. Um, so we'll, we don't have to worry about that for a couple couple months where I have to defend the Brewers every week. But there's Bucks who are kind of messy in their own right. Uh, Giannis kind of came out today and was like, well, I hope you guys will all be here when we when we win the championship. And basically kind of gave his own version of a Rodgers, Ariely, X, relax. Uh, the Bucks got blown out by the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, the Hornets were just on fire early and they, ne- they never cooled down. But it was also kind of just a bad look for the Bucks in general because they seemed to just kind of not give a shit uh, with, with the Hornets scoring 84 points. So now the Bucks go on a five-game or four-game road trip uh, starting in New York tonight, and then they play Atlanta on Wednesday before two in Miami. Uh, I think it's – I think everyone just kind of wants to see the Bucks, you know, get get some momentum in the positive, right? You know, and they've done well against the Knicks so far this season. They're 2-0 uh, on the year. You know, so they'll try, they'll try to finish it off one more in Madison Square Garden. Giannis seems to always – like to play at MSG, um, and it's a bad matchup with Julius Randle. I don't think Randle has any any chance against Giannis. So hopefully the Bucks can get on on the right foot. And then if you you think about it, they've won. Let's see here, two, three. That would be four out of their last six. I mean that's not terrible. Um, and I think Atlanta is another beatable team. Bucks did lose them earlier this year, but. If, as long I would love for them to start out 2-0 on this road trip and then two tough ones with Miami, who's playing much better, and that's unfortunate. Bucks are catching the heat at the wrong time because, of course, they are, right? Uh, the heat have been a thorn on the Bucks uh, in the past, and so it would be, nice, be nice to get that that taken care of. But, yeah, if you're a Wisconsin sports fan and you haven't been in on the Bucks yet, you haven't really missed much. You know, No Chris Middleton yet. Uh, Drew Holiday's been in and out. Uh, Giannis is playing really well, playing at MVP level, but what's changed? So 
I think that you're coming in at a perfect time for the Bucks, and you have four games this week, you know, at your disposal, which is great. So makes you makes you forget a little bit about uh, what's going on with the Packers. And then if you go to college basketball, you have Marquette, who's playing really well in Big East, four and five and one now. They beat Georgetown, killed Georgetown in the second half, 61 points in the second half. Truly impressive stuff from the Golden Eagles. They played tremendous. Uh, right now, 15th in Kempom overall, sixth best offense in Kempom. They have a showdown Wednesday with Connecticut. Then they head out on the road to Xavier then home against Providence before heading back out to play Seton Hall. So a little bit of a gauntlet here upcoming for the Golden Eagles. Uh, so they'll be tested. They're going to get ranked here, I, I would imagine. Um, so that's going to be quite the showdown. The fact it's on CBS Sports Network is a joke. Like that should be a big deal FS1 game. So that's, I don't know how that, that got mit, lost in the cracks. I don't think they expected either Connecticut or Mercart to be as good as they are. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be a really fun game. So again, another thing kind of make you forget that about what you're watching uh with pro football team right and yeah that's that's going to be rocking and would recommend if you could get get onto the Pfizer forum uh for that one even if you're not a marquette fan that that would be a great way to sort of absolve your packer pain there's also wisconsin badgers i'm not a badger fan but badgers are playing well uh, they did lose this weekend uh tyler wall was out with an injury uh, which affected it, uh, losing to Illinois. They are at home against Michigan State on Tuesday and then play Indiana on the road on Saturday. Indiana not looking exactly like the team uh, earlier this year. They lost Rice Thompson. They lost at home now to Northwestern and kind of leaking a little bit of oil. So maybe the Badgers get the Hoosiers at the right time. But you really think about, you know, this week for Wisconsin sports fans, it's pretty, it'll be pretty easy to forget about the Packers. You know, you know the Bucks tonight, you got... Wisconsin on Tuesday. So you say you cheer for both. And we cheer a lot of people. I mean, it's not really as common in Southeastern Wisconsin, but it's common other places. So I will I will placate to it. So Tuesday night, you have Wisconsin, Michigan State. Wednesday, you have Bucks, Hawks, and you have Marquette, UConn. So you have two games on Wednesday night. Then on Thursday, I believe Bucks Heat again. Uh, so I think that's back-to-back -back for the Bucs against the Heat. Let me check that. I believe that's correct. Yep, you bet. Thursday against the Heat. And Friday is the only day where there's no, there'll be no Wisconsin sports. So you have Friday to sulk. Like, you'll just be sad about Friday. There's nothing to look forward to Friday. And then Saturday, you'll have Bucks. You'll have an early Bucks abc game, by the way. You'll have Marquette playing. Or no, Marquette's playing Sunday. So you won't have Marquette. But you'll have Wisconsin playing Indiana also on, on Saturday. I believe that's on Fox. So you have that going for you. And then on Sunday, you'll get Marquette against Xavier. So, and then I think and then Martin Luther King Day where the Bucks are playing the Pacers in the afternoon. So you're kind of taken care of. Like you, you're kind of all right. Like, so it's going to be okay. Like the sun's going to come up tonight, today and we'll, we'll, we'll make it out. But yeah, it's, uh, it's still going to suck. It's still going to suck at least for a couple days. We're going to get laughed at by the national media. All my podcasts, like I'm like, I don't know, do I listen to Simmons? Do I listen to part of my take? Um, I'll just, I'll, I'll decide. I haven't decided just yet, uh, but probably be cathartic for me to just get it all out, get it, get it done with, and then move on to the next thing. And hopefully, we're talking about a lot more fun stuff in 2023. Hopefully, this does not set the tone for the 2023 year for Wisconsin sports. All right. 
if I can sneak a podcast in tomorrow, I will drop one on you. Um, if not, um, hopefully you guys enjoy the national championship tonight. That's also a night, so you got that going for you too. So enjoy that. Enjoy the Bucks. Um, enjoy this week. I'm sorry I couldn't be here. Um, I think it would have been a nice week to do the podcast. Uh, but you know, sometimes you gotta go on vacation, and unfortunately, I was sick last week. I that's the part that pissed me off because if I wasn't if I wasn't sick last week, I think I would have been able to you know figure out a way to get some episodes you know taped so you guys had a little more content. I was trying to get some done this afternoon, but ran out of time unfortunately. So uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys at, if, at worst. We'll talk to you next Monday. If not, if I can get something out early, I will try to try to get at least one more podcast out for the people. All right, take care, guys. Have yourself a good Monday as best as you can. Sun will come up tomorrow. You'll be all right. All right, talk to you guys later. See you. Bye.